show. This is Dylan James, and it's Out of Bounds. JT is back with us from his home state of Texas. And also, just to clarify for everybody, the recording says Laurel. Nowhere in that recording does it say Yanny or Yanni or whatever it is. It's Laurel. JT and I, JT and I both heard it. We, we both said, you know what? We confirmed it. It's Laurel. Stop saying this is Yanny. Thanks for the confirmation, Dylan. Stop trying to be like, you know, trying to be different from everybody else. It's, it's, it's Laurel. Anyway, that's like the new gold versus blue black dress fad of 2018. <laughs> I just don't like it. Anyway, JT, how was your trip back home, sir? It was good. I had a good time in Texas visiting my mom and brother back home and Austin's doing really good. And got to get some Texas barbecue, of course. Definitely you have hit, to. Hit up on some Whataburger. I mean, yes, we have those in Florida, but they're all the way in the panhandle. And it's or, not the same. Or in Jacksonville. It's not the same. No, it's not. Nothing is on Texas. Of course, Texas, that's where Whataburger's from, Texas. So they're all over the state. So definitely got some Whataburger while I was there and was down in San Antonio. Um, seeing the Riverwalk and the Alamo while I was down there and had a good time. It only rained the first day I got there, but the rest of the day was sunny and beautiful weather. So Oh, so you brought the rain with you over to Orlando. Now it's been raining every single day since this weekend. Okay, we didn't have a tropical depression, whatever it is, in the Gulf right now in Texas. It's all circling around Florida. Well. So that's why it's been raining. Like, like today, it's been like raining on and off, on and off, on and off. And now we've got this huge traffic jam on I-4 that's literally on Dylan's backyard right now. Yeah, we can we see, see it out my window. all backed up, man. You're miles. not going home anytime soon. Well, thank you. I'm not going home. I got some coverage to do for the U.S. Open Cup. And oh. I got to watch the Rockets-Golden Golden State Warriors game tonight. Yeah. At Morgan's Place. So, going to have some fun tonight. There you go. But, Dylan, how was your week, man? It was fantastic. The rain kind of put a damper on things like it always does. But we <laughs> played our first postseason game with the Welcome Homies. We'll talk about that later in the show during my final thoughts. But uh, good things are looking... Uh, good things... What am I saying? Things are looking up for the Welcome Homies. And it's going to be a very, very good postseason, I believe. So... Keep you posted on that one, and I'll talk about it more during the final thoughts. But anyway, let's talk about some sports because we haven't done so in two weeks now. Uh, Once again, thanks to Uncle Bobby for filling in for JT last week. It was fun to have him back on the show, and I'm sure we'll hear from him very, very soon. But it it was way too long, way too long of a a, uh, hiatus that he had from the show. And again, he was not banned. (laughs) <laughs> he had no lifetime ban. I don't know where he came to, came up with that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like, lifetime ban? What? <laughs> there was no lifetime ban. I, I don't know what he was talking about. <laughs> he, he's making up scams now. So, anyway, let's talk about some football. With the NFL, Mark Ingram got suspended for f- the first four games of the season this year due to a random drug test that happened in 2017 at the end of the season. And apparently, he got caught with PEDs. Although his agents are saying that he did not have an illegal substance or a a performance-enhancing drug, it was actually a substance that was approved by the NFL um, with its exemption policy or something along those lines. So, JT, if this suspension holds up, do you see a veteran coming in from the free agency wire to fill that void that Mark Ingram's leaving? Because as of right now, it looks as though Alvin Kamara will not be 
taking on more than what we thought he would. It looks like he'll still be in the same kind of role he was last year. They're not wanting to increase his workload because of the suspension. They're wanting him to be the same kind of player. So who do you see filling the void there in, in the, with the Saints if they do fill the void? Well, the Saints have been very quiet on the subject. We've heard rumors that maybe they might look back at Adrian Peterson, see if he can come back. But I don't think Adrian Peterson is going to sign with the Saints. I think he's going to just stay put and see what is going on in the market for the other, in the NFL. As for the other running backs, you got Joel Thomas as the running backs coach trying to decide what he wants to do. Now, he said for the Saints that, you know, our running backs are going to be hungrier. They're going to, now that Mark Ingram's going to miss a few games at the beginning of the season. So, I we know the Saints can score offense, Dylan. I don't think it's going to affect them that much. They're just going to stick to the game plan and next man up, as they're saying down in Houdat Nation. So, we'll see how it goes. But... I don't think they're going to bring an experienced running back unless Alvin Kamara gets injured during the training camp or preseason. I mean, I don't know. It, it looks like, to me, if I were the Saints, I would bring in a veteran presence just so that there is more competition in the in the running back room because, I mean, you look at the depth chart of the Saints. They don't really have anybody behind Alvin Kamara. It's Alvin Kamara, and then after that, it's Trey Edmonds is after that, and then they have two other younger guys that are trying to work their way into the organization, but I don't think they're going to do anything either. So at this point, you look at the free agents that are available on the waiver wire, and I think that one person in particular that we're very familiar with is DeMarco Murray. I think DeMarco Murray could actually do some very good things for the New Orleans Saints, and I think that he could fill the void that Mark Ingram is leaving. He's the same kind of back. He has speed. He has power. I think that having DeMarco Murray and Alvin Kamara on the same team together could be a deadly combination, um, and it could mean there's more competition for Mark Ingram, actually. So I think that if DeMarco Murray came in and decided to play as well as he did with the Tennessee Titans two seasons ago, then I think that in the Saints organization, that would be a very, very good running back tandem there um, to have DeMarco Murray and Alvin Kamara at least for the first four games of the season and Mark Ingram would have to earn his place on the roster I mean I know he's the number one back he will still remain the number one back but it will give him a little bit of competition if he has somebody like DeMarco Murray coming in there and competing for um, a job on the roster so I think that DeMarco Murray would be a great fit for the Saints but we'll see if they're if they're able to pick up a veteran at this point, if they want to pick up a veteran. And if not, then I guess they're just going to have Alvin Kamara and Trey Edmonds um, work the load this year. So we'll see how that works out in New Orleans. Speaking of um, free agents, D'Angelo Hall actually decided to retire from the NFL after 14 seasons in the league. He was with Washington Redskins uh, for the later half of his Career and he finished with 811 combined tackles, 43 interceptions, and five touchdowns on those interceptions. Um, he's played with the Atlanta Falcons. He played with uh, Oakland for one year uh, and also played for Washington for several years as well. So with that organization, with the Washington Redskins, do you see them bringing on a cornerback now? I mean, th- there is a void there at cornerback. They also have um, another free agent that's looking to get paid that's on the uh, free agent wire right now from the from the Washington Redskins, and that's Bashad Breland. I think Breland still is a free agent. So do they bring him back? Do they decide to sign somebody else? Because there are some cornerbacks on the market. 
uh, Dominique Rogers Cromartie's on the market still. You have um, Kayvon Webster from the Rams still out there. He's 27, so he's a younger kid. He could be coached. So what do you think, JT? I think the Redskins will definitely look into the free agent market to bring in a quarterback. As far as which one they're going to bring in, I don't know. They're going to need someone to fit their defensive system. That's for sure. But the Redskins will have plenty of options. They haven't... D'Angelo Hall just retired within within the past week. So the Redskins will have some options looking as we get close to OTAs, training camp in July, and in the preseason beginning in August. So they'll have some options to bring in, try on some players to bring him in to fill in that void because that's going to be a huge hole on the defensive side of the ball for the Redskins to fill. Yeah, I mean, he was the captain pretty much on the defensive side of the football. He did a lot for that locker room. He did a lot for that team. So I'm sure the team's going to be missing him next season. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see um, what player comes in there and tries to fill the big shoes that were left by D'Angelo Hall in that organization. Now, moving on to the Alliance of American Football, there has been some news that Mike Singletary will be the new head coach of the Memphis team that they're going to be having in the league. And there's also another league, another team that will be added to the league. It's in Salt Lake City. It'll be the fourth team in the league. So, speaking of Mike Singletary, how do you think that is for the city of Memphis to have him um, as the head coach of that team? I think it's huge for Memphis because, you know, Mike Singletary, he's like a player's coach. You know, he gets the best out of his players. He did okay with the San Francisco 49ers. I know it didn't end very well for him towards the end of his career there before he left, but he's been a player's coach. He won a Super Bowl with the Bears in the 80s with that stellar Bears defense they had, and he's going to, I think, bring in some good quality players to Memphis. As for Salt Lake City, that team was announced two days ago, so they have not picked a coach yet. They said that will be determined at a later date, but that's huge for Salt Lake City. I mean, Salt Lake City... They're going to be playing at the Rice Echo Stadium, which is where the Utah Utes play for college football. And Salt Lake City, it's kind of a you know booming area. There's not a lot other than the Utah Jazz as far as professional sports teams. They do have the Salt Lake Bees, which is the AAA team for one of the baseball teams out there in the major leagues. And I think they can support football. So it's going to be interesting. It looks like, Dylan, the league is going to go probably four teams in the southeast kind of build up that area and then it looks like they're going to have maybe four teams out west or kind of in the middle central just so teams don't have to travel too much yeah and that would be a smart move by them I think that moving ahead with traveling and such that just wears down players a lot I mean even though if they are looking to transition into the NFL they'll have to get used to traveling um quite a lot because they travel they bounce back and forth between west coast and east coast a lot but i mean yeah it's it's gonna be interesting with this league this league looks like it's shaping up very very well the coaches they're hiring are solid coaches i think they're they're coaches that could still be um high quality uh in terms of the nfl i think that they could still be nfl head coaches um steve spurrier mike singletary i think those guys are definitely um, two big names that could make some noise in this league and actually bring some credibility to this league as well. I mean, we, they don't want it to be like the XFL of old where they come out and they just, you know, they're uh, a whisper in the wind and the next day they're gone. So I think that this league is shaping up to be a very, very good league, very good professional league, and I think that players are going to want to play for this league as well. Oh, Dylan, just to break some breaking news that i just seen just posted on the Alliance of American Football website. So they made two announcements. So for Salt Lake City, they announced that Dennis Erickson is a former Oregon coach, went to Arizona State, yeah, coached, yeah. I think he coached Seattle or San Francisco. One of the NFL, but he's announced he's going to be the coach for the Salt Lake City franchise. 
And they also announced another expansion team based in Phoenix. Wow, okay. So, Phoenix. So the Midwest. Yes. Well, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. So, that's going to be interesting. I mean, I know they got the Arizona Cardinals and Glendale, but Phoenix will still be warm weather during that time, February, March. So, that could work out. They'll probably play in Tempe or somewhere. Who knows? But they just announced that. We'll give you more information on that next week. But just wanted to let you know that, Dylan. Very good. Breaking news here, as always. So, make sure you always listen to our podcast. We will break the news when we can. So, uh, moving on to the UCF Knights. They're putting their national championship campaign to good use. JT, you got some more news on that? Yeah, Dylan. They're making announced that they have announced some. A lot of the season ticket holders have been renewing after the special undefeated season they had. They've also rustled, ruffled, excuse me, some feathers. I'm sure you heard Nick Saban. <laughs> Nick Saban was in the news because they asked him about, hey, what do you think about UCF campaigning that they're national champions and they're giving their players rings and all this stuff? And Nick Saban's kind of like, well. That's great that they're going with it, but you know, we earned it because we actually had to play a game to win the title where they didn't actually get in the tournament. Mm. So, I'm kind of like... Well, Alabama, you have nowhere to talk because you weren't, <laughs> you weren't even supposed to be in the tournament. So, I don't even listen. I don't want to listen to Alabama right now. That's what Nick Saban says. And I'm okay. kind of like, okay, Whatever. look, UCF, it's not our fault that we're in the American Conference and nobody from the SEC or the... Big Ten or the Big Twelve didn't want us apparently, so UCF's got to do what they got to do. And I think Dylan UCF, it's smart. Okay, yeah, you didn't win that shit, but who cares? UCF, you're the you were the best team in Florida. You were better than the Gators. You were better than the Hurricanes, and you were better than than Florida State. The Bulls, okay? yeah, and your rivals USF down the road in Tampa. So they prove they're the best team in the state. And I think, Dylan, a lot of people are expecting, sleeping on thinking, oh, they're not going to do well. They're going to have a down-to-earth season. I think UCF's going to improve this year. I don't know they're going to go undefeated because the American Conference still out. You got Navy. You got Houston. Tough teams in that conference. But UCF, I expect they're going to just keep on rolling, Dylan. And who knows? They're expected. I've seen a lot of New Year's Day's bowl projections for the next year's bowl games and the football season starts in the fall. And they still have UCF going to a, uh, a, a one of those uh, New Year's Six Bowls. And they're projected to go to the Fiesta Bowl next year. Wow. So I think UCF, Dylan, people are sleeping on them, but not so fast, guys. I think UCF's going to improve this year. Well, and also you can't discount the, the coaching job that Scott Frost did there. That's the reason why he left in the first place to go to Nebraska. Nebraska wanted him because he was a quality coach on a team that wasn't so good, you know, two years prior to him coming into that system. So I think that... You know, Scott Frost did a lot for that team. Scott Frost did a lot for the coaching of that team. I hope that a a coaching staff goes to comes to UCF, the coach that they have in place now, and is as successful as Scott Frost was. But you know, I mean, it all depends on the players at this point. The players got the coaching from Scott Frost last year. They'll get some more coaching this year. Hopefully, that they use that coaching they had last year uh, to their advantage and actually get to uh, the Fiesta Bowl or a bowl such as that. Um, for this next season because UCF can be a, a quality team. And we've seen that, you know, when Blake Bortles was there, that was, what, five years ago, six years ago, something like that? So, I mean, every few years they have a very, very good team. So one of these days I have a feeling UCF is just going to break the mold and have a solid system in place, a solid coaching staff in place that wants to stay here in Central Florida and 
they'll be a contender every single year. I, I think that they're, it, they're in the process of doing that. Like Boise State. We're yeah. at that kind of level. Exactly. I think that we can get to that level. Knock on the door. Yes. Knock on wood somewhere. <laughs> yep. um, but I, I think that they can get to that level, but it just will take time for them to develop into that kind of system. And I think that UCF can be successful every single year. Well, hopefully by then you, the playoff committee will expand and UCF will just get in all the time and make some noise. Maybe they'll play Alabama. Speaking of Alabama, they did announce today that them and Texas are going to play a two-game home-and-home series. Oh, But that's okay. not until 2022-23, so four years from now. Okay, yeah, it's going to be a little while from now. Uh, let's move on to some NBA news. The coaching carousel has begun in the NBA with several coaching positions open right now. Um, let's talk about some positions that are available that are the best. So let's say pick one of these teams that you would – pick as a coach you thought would be the best opportunity for you to win okay so we have the Detroit Pistons that's wide open because Stan Van Gundy's gone we also have the Milwaukee Bucks because Jason Kidd left now we have the Orlando Magic because Frank Vogel got fired and we have the Toronto Raptors because Dwayne Casey left so which of those teams do you think it has the best shot of making the playoffs the quickest um, out of those four it's clearly the Toronto Raptors. I mean, you go from the top team in the East, you get to the past first round. Unfortunately for them, they got swept twice back-to-back seasons to the Cleveland to the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and LeBron James. They just couldn't figure him out. So, but you still have uh, DeRozan, your best player for the Raptors, and I just think with a coach with a different mindset, he's going to bring the best out of that team. We saw what happened with Houston, Dylan, when. The Rockets let uh, Kevin McHale go. They brought back Mike D'Antoni, and everybody's like, what are you doing? Why are you bringing Mike D'Antoni? He can't coach defense. But the Rockets, Dylan, they've done very well. Their defense is really well this past season. James Harden has been stellar for that team, and now they're trying to knock off the mighty Golden State Warriors. Which won't happen. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he did do a great job there. In Los Angeles, Mike D'Antoni was awful absolutely atrocious that team was putrid I mean I just hated watching that team but now Mike D'Antoni actually shows his coaching ability and he's actually done a very very good job with Houston Um, but speaking of Houston the University of Houston's coach Kelvin Sampson is actually one of the top names for the Orlando Magic job Um, once Stan Van Gundy actually got fired from the Detroit Pistons there were some fans that were wanting him to come back to Orlando I don't know why, because while Sam Van Gundy was in Detroit, he made the playoffs once out of four years he was there. He and, missed the playoffs three times. And now he's Stan Van gone out of Detroit. Yeah, he's, he's gone. He's, he's definitely done. He has not done a good job. For, he's not done good for that team at all. Uh, I think that team is going to be in very, very rough shape for a while because of the way Stan Van Gundy ran things. But um, Orlando actually has their eyes set on Kelvin Sampson, so do you think that could be a potential coach to land here in Orlando? It's certainly possible, Dylan. I mean, Orlando Magic, we've heard a lot of rumors. Of course, Stan Van Gundy, heard uh, Dwayne Casey, the former Raptors coach, being talked to the Orlando Magic. And, of course, Kelvin Sampson. Kelvin Sampson, I don't know how he would do as an NBA coach. I know he did really well in college until he got in trouble with some violations with Oklahoma. But he's been a good assistant in the league. He's coached some summer league ball. And Orlando Magic, we got a lot of young players that need the kind of direction where we're going. So I think going with maybe a young coach may not be bad, but it's too soon. I think if I'm the Magic, consider all your options. I mean, look, the Milwaukee Bucks, they just interviewed uh, Becky Hammond. 
Why don't you give her a shot? I, her I, I told you from the get-go, Becky Hammond should be a number one name for the Orlando Magic. I think that that would bring so much media attention to the Orlando Magic uh, operation, the whole organization. I think that that would be a fantastic hire, um, not only because it's, she's a woman, but she's been so successful in everything she's touched so far. And plus, she is a student of Greg Popovich, one of the best NBA coaches we have in the league to date, or I mean, even in you know NBA history, he is one of the best coaches we've had. So I think that Becky Hammond would have been a great candidate. I think Orlando should reach out to her for an interview. I don't know if there is a deal going on with another team. That's why we haven't heard of Orlando Magic reaching out to her yet. But I think Becky Hammond would be a great coach anywhere. And I think if Orlando got her, I mean, I think players would be coming here left and right. I, re- I really, really do. I think it's it'd be something special for Orlando, and we would get the media coverage we deserve. I agree, Dylan. I agree. Just to fill you guys in on other coaching moves in the NBA, so the Atlanta Hawks hired Lloyd Pierce. He was the assistant for the Philadelphia 76ers. The Charlotte Hornets, they fired, they fired, they really did fire Steve Clifford, and they brought in James Borrego. He was the former assistant for the San Antonio Spurs. The New York Knicks, they brought in David Fisdale. He was the former coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, Dylan. And the Phoenix Suns hired Igor Kokoskov from the Utah Jazz. So he's going to be the coach for the Phoenix Suns. Who, speaking of the Phoenix Suns, Dylan, they draft lotteries last night and they got the number one pick. They did. Look at that. I mean, that's great for them. I think that'll help them in the long run um, because the Phoenix Suns, they, they weren't in, they were in the conversation for the playoffs and actually were a pretty good team within the past three seasons. So I think that they have some key components in place to be a successful team. It's just, I mean, they need some luck to go their way. And I think with this number one draft pick, I think that luck can get there pretty quickly. Um, Koskovic, is that what his name is? Koskovic. I think that's how you pronounce it. Koskovic. Well, um, we'll see what happens with him. I think that the Phoenix Suns are in a good place right now, especially having the number one overall draft pick. Um, Hopefully they don't mess it up. But I think that Phoenix could actually do it, make some noise next well, season. Well, a lot of people think they're going to go with a hometown pick and pick DeAndre Ayton, the center from University of Arizona. That's what everyone's thinking they're going to take in the first pick. Interesting. Okay. Not only that, the Sacramento Kings had the second pick, so they would. There, people are thinking they're going to pick Luka Doncic, and then the third pick goes to the Atlanta Hawks. The fourth pick goes to your Memphis Grizzlies. Yep. Which people have them picking Michael Porter Jr., the freshman uh, from Missouri. The Dallas Mavericks had the fifth pick. And then, of course, our beloved Orlando Magic, they have the sixth pick. And a lot of people, Dylan, think they're going to take Trey Young, the freshman point guard, out of Oklahoma. Wow, that'd be good. What do you think about that if we can get him? That would be a really good player for us to get. That'd be kind of like a I Victor Oladipo. I just hope Oladipo. we can really develop him and not like when we, ha- when we drafted Victor Oladipo, had him for a couple years and then ship him out of town. I, I think know? that, I mean, now he's successful I know. with the Indiana Pacers. You know what's funny with the Magic, though? All the players we've had... You know, they've been with our team, and now they're being better on Serge Ibaka, Oladipo, and now they're doing well on other teams. But yeah. we had to be here. J.J. Redick, another one. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I think that we just need to keep talent here. It's hard because, again, this this market is not good for basketball. I mean, I, I went to an Orlando, Orlando Magic game last year, and it was no lo- like no locals were there. It was all international fans that were there which is a good thing but at the same time this the arena was not packed at all it, it was probably maybe 65 70 percent full maybe if that 
Um, I, I think that it's just one of those things that we need some sort of splash in the league. And once again, like I said, Becky Hammond would be a great addition to the Orlando Magic. And even if we don't hire her, at least interview her. Give her a shot. See what happens. If she hasn't already signed with a team yet that we just don't know about. Um, but give her a chance. Interview her. See what happens. See if you guys click. If you, if you do, bring her on. And I think that that would bring us some free agents our way. I think that would bring us some some uh, media presence here in Orlando. And I think we would be uh, better for it. All right, Dylan, let's talk about the games on the court. So let's start with the Cleveland Cavaliers-Boston Celtics series. So the Boston Celtics are up 2-0 on the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. Last night, LeBron James had a triple-double over 40 points. He had 42 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists, and the team still lost. And what was crazy was I didn't watch the game. I was following on Twitter because I was watching the Capitals game. And... The Cleveland Cavaliers, they were up big on the first half. I thought, oh, they're going to tie the series. And then the second half, Dylan, the team went like, the Celtics went on a 59-39 to run in two quarters and stunned the, Cel- the, the Cavaliers to now take a commanding 2-0 series lead to Cleveland now because that's where the series is going to be the next couple games. And LeBron James, I'm like, can he keep carrying the team, Dylan, or is Cleveland guy finally going to fold and have to figure out what to do with the next season? I think it's highly noticeable in this series, especially, that the Boston Celtics are playing like a team. They especially are a team. when they still don't have Kyrie Irving, he's out for the playoffs, and they don't have Gordon Hayward. And today they actually announced if they do make it to the finals, those two players will not be with the team still. Um, so it just shows you how much depth that the Boston Celtics have. But they are all playing as a unit, as a team, not just one player carrying the load. And in Cavalier land, that's exactly what's happening. One player is carrying the load. LeBron James is trying to act as though he is Thanos on <laughs> the court, playing with the goblet, with the you know gauntlet yeah, on his hand. He needs a He needs his, his, his uh, what's it called, the stones? He needs a soul stone, stones. time stone. Infin- what, what man, he needs everything. So <laughs> I think that... LeBron James was doing way too much for that team, and his his other player, his his role players around him are not playing like they should be. Yeah, Dylan, listen to this. LeBron James had 42 points. Kevin Love had 22 points. But the rest of his cast, they didn't show up. Tristan Thompson, 8 points. George Hill, 3 points. He played 33 minutes, and he only got 3 points. Jeff Green, 6 points. J.R. Smith, no show. Kyle Korver, 11 points. That's it. And the Celtics... Marcus Morris, 12 points. Jason Tatum, 11 points. Al Horford, 15 points. Terry Rozier, 18 points. Jalen Brown, 20 points. Marcus Smart, 11 points. Everyone's Everyone's contributing. Everyone's stepping up for the Celtics. Everyone's contributing with the Celtics. I think that that team is just built better than the Cavaliers. I think the Cavaliers, this is their year. They do not make the finals. And they'll break the streak of, what, four years? They've got three years they've gone to the finals. Four years they've gone to the finals. Um, and LeBron, it would have been like his eighth if yeah, he made it. it yeah, if he made it. But, I mean, it, it, he cannot be the only person on the team contributing. He cannot be the the point scorer, the guy, the entire series. And uh, he's done that through the playoffs so far, and it's helped the Cavaliers get to where they are. But now he's just getting tired. I, I think that at this point he's he's just not as focused as he should be simply because he's tired. He has been on the court way too much. And that team will not make it to the final. They will not. 
Boston will win this series. However, do I think it's going to be a sweep? Probably not. I think that that the Cleveland Cavaliers will win at least one game at home. But at the same time, I think that Boston, man, they're going to win this series. They're going to the final, and they're going to play the Golden State Warriors. That That's it. Speaking of the Golden State Warriors, they have a 1-0 series lead over the Houston Rockets. And the Golden State Warriors, a lot of people thought they were out of sync a little bit with the Spurs, but now that Steph Curry's been in, he's been doing really well. He got 18 points in Game 1. Kevin Durant's been carrying the team, basically. 37 points. Andre Iguodala, Clay Thompson. You know, the Rockets, the first game, Golden State and the Rockets were close. But the second half, the Warriors were doing a little better in the third and the fourth quarter as they pushed the Rockets away to win that game 119-106. The Rockets, James Harden had 41 points in that game, Dylan, but it was not enough to get them. So they got to bounce back tonight in game two. Otherwise, they're in trouble. They're in trouble, exactly. And and again, we see who the better unit is in these conference finals. So in the Western Conference side, it's Golden State. James Harden's trying to be the player, the player on the Houston Rockets. It's not working out for him. Yeah, you, you guys should have ball with Chris Paul. And I know Chris Paul's done okay, but you, you can't have just James Harden carrying the load. You can't. And like you saw with LeBron James, you need a bench. Clint Capella only got 12 points in game one, and Eric Gordon had 15. The rest of the bench was a no-show. Yeah. You can't have four players when you're going against the Golden State Warriors just dropping shots from all over the place. You might be able to do that in hockey, which we'll talk about later, uh, but not in basketball. Basketball, you need help from your bench, and if you're not going to get it, guess what? You're not going to the next round, and that's, again, why I think it's going to be the Boston Celtics versus the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors will win the series, and they'll win the championship once again. I, I don't see Boston defeating the Golden State Warriors if Steph Curry stays on the court. If he gets injured again, then who knows? But I think that goal, he, he is the perfect orchestrator for that team. That's the reason why they're so su- successful right now. It's because Steph Curry is the shot caller. He's, he's the play caller on the court, and he's doing a great job. I, I think that if he continues the way he does, there's no, no one can stop the Golden State Warriors going to the championship this year. Yeah, Dylan, we'll see how that goes. Well, speaking of hockey, let's talk about some hockey, Dylan. The Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, I know I missed last week when we talked about round two in the playoffs, and you had you had uh, Bradford on, Justin Bradford, yes, <laughs> on the show Justin. to discuss uh, your Predators. And unfortunately, Dylan, your Preds came up short. Uh, what happened, Dylan? Because game five, you, it was a, not game five, game six was a must-win game. I was watching that game in Texas, and you guys won pretty easily. And game seven, the Jets, that's kind of how that series went, Dylan. It's like, one minute, the Jets win, then the next game, the Preds, then the Jets, and the Preds. And getting blown out at home 5-1 in Game 7, I was stunned. And and Pekka Rennie, I know everyone's been talking about, oh, what happened to Pekka Rennie? He just wasn't the same. Well, again, I, I don't think we need to blame it on Pekka Rennie at all. I, I think that the majority of it is because he's always been the guy to stop everything. He's always been that guy for us. Um, and our defense is usually helping him a lot more than they had been this year in the playoffs. There, our defense, it was just very inconsistent play. And it wasn't from game to game. It was from period to period. We would have one good period. Like the first period, solid performance, solid defense, solid offense. We scored a few goals. Second period, mediocre. 
defense, okay offense, and then third period, just abysmal. Just nothing. We, we don't have anything to show for it. We don't have anything to show for our performance in the first period. I, I think that we just were not consistent at all. I, I, there was not a game that I felt as though, you know what, we were consistent the entire game we were on the ice. Well, what surprised me, Dylan, in the playoffs for the Predators is last year, Dylan, they were dominated at home. Dominated at home. And they did decent enough on the road. But this playoffs, Dylan, you guys went 3-4 and four at home. I mean, if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, you got to win your games at home. You have to. But, I mean, you look at it right now. Um, the away teams are actually beating the home teams right now in the, in, in the NHL playoffs. That just shows you how weird the playoffs can be. That's very true. Road teams have actually been 8-1 and one in the past nine games. In this NHL playoff this year, yeah, just look eight at, and one. Yeah, just look at Vegas and how they got through in their series against the Sharks. They were just yeah. dumb out on the road, and I mean the Predators. I know everyone's talking about what they're going to do with Pekarini because he has one year left in his deal. The Preds, I know they've talked about. Well, maybe we might get Staros in more games, and maybe we'll have Pekarini rest up, kind of like what the Capitals did. Let Holpe kind of be in the backup, and then Grubauer start a, a big chunk of games, and. You know, there's talk that if they try to trade him, I mean, the Flyers are probably the only team that willing to break the bank because we all know they need a goalie. But the Predators that would free up seven million dollars. Now I know they made some moves. They let they and now Scott Hartnell's going to leave. Alexei Emelin's going to leave. And Which of course, thank God. And of course, Jesus. Uh, Mike Fisher retired again. Yeah. So what do you think, Dylan? The Preds are going to do between now and May the draft and free agency. Well, so like you were saying, with, with our play this series, this past series, especially with Winnipeg. Um, you also got uh, Mika Salamaki and Juicy Zaros as restricted free agents in some cases. Yes. So I, let, let me tell you this. So during this series, the biggest absences we had on the team was, first of all, we could not... We turned over the puck in the offensive zone too many times. I'm sorry, defensive zone too many times. So we would just give it up in our own zone and let the play, let, let the other team have shorthanded opportunities, um, you know, breakout opportunities, rush opportunities to where it would be, you know, two on one, three on two, things like that of that nature. So I think that we turned it over way too much in our zone. We did not have a handle on the, on the neutral zone at all, which we did in game six. Um, and we also did in game three. I think those two, those, oh, I'm sorry, game four. Game four and game six were the two games that we had a solid presence in the neutral zone. We did not let them get anything in the neutral zone. They could not get into our zone at all. Um, but, you know, Alexi Emelin was one of the players that was giving it up a lot. He was turning over the puck way too many times. And he was just not making plays at all. He couldn't get it out of the zone when he needed to. Um, I think that he just had a very, very poor playoff playoff run. So I think that's the reason why we're not bringing him back with Scott Hartnell. He was the catalyst for our team in the playoffs. He was one of the better players we had. Um, not offensively. I don't, I don't, I don't, you won't see his numbers on the stat sheet. Um, they won't jump off the page to you, but with Scott Hartnell, um, he did a lot of thing, good things for us. Physicality wise. Um, he was kind of the, he was the rougher. He was the, he was the guy that would go in there, the bruiser that would come in there and with a big punch or a big hit on a player. And, uh, that, shifted momentum for the team but Scott I mean you know he is getting older he he did play with us you know before he actually got drafted by us he's he's at the um the twilight of his career as of right now so I mean good riddance hopefully good luck to him hopefully he does find a team if he wants to play for another season or two I think he will find a team um Mika Salamaki 
absent in the playoffs as well. Didn't do anything. I think that Mika Salamaki will be a good player to move in the uh, postseason. And UC Soros, don't worry about him. We're signing him again. Uh, we, he is our future for the Predators. I think that Pecorine will have at least one more year, if not two more years with us. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the expansion draft with Seattle. I think that um, it'll be a hard decision to choose between Pecorine or UC Soros. I think that we'll probably go with Soros in that in that situation. If we need to get rid of a goaltender, we'll probably let Pekka stay on um, uh, unprotected when it comes to the expansion draft. So um, don't be surprised if that happens in the next few years. But we don't have to worry about that yet. You know, we have another season left. Hopefully we can get Pekka um, the Stanley Cup before he leaves Nashville. I think that would be phenomenal for his career. It would be an exclamation point on his career. Um, But, yeah, so it's just – we have some moves coming our way. Ely Tolvanen will be will be in our system now. Um, he'll have every opportunity to be on a top line next season. Um, we also have, you know, Kyle Turris, Kevin Fiala, um, Craig Smith. Those guys did not step up in the playoffs either. I think they have to work on some things in the off in the in the off season. Um, and I think they will when it comes to consistency. When it comes to um, uh, cohesiveness. I think they'll be a cohesive line for next season and they will be a solid second line. I think that was one thing that we were missing in the playoffs was that second line. And I think that Turris and, and Craig and, um, and Kevin Fiala, I think they'll turn it around next season. So look out for those things. I don't know who else will bring in. I think as of right now, our team is pretty solid. Once again, Ely will be coming up soon. So, um, just yeah, the GM David Pioli, he said he kind of wants to keep the team the team intact. So yeah, he does. We and may it, not see a lot of big moves out of Nashville. A lot of players told Poyle and said, "Hey, look, we want this team to come back. We want a second chance at the Cup because I think that we can bring it next season. We learned from the mistakes we made in, the, in this season because there were penalties the entire season. That was the number one thing." Um, Justin even said it too. Me and Justin said that's the number one problem this team has is penalties. And so if we shore things up like that in the offseason um, and come back with a vengeance next year and and that drive, that determination we had last season when we went to the Stanley Cup final, I think we'll be fine. But we'll just have to see what happens in the offseason. So now let's talk about your Washington Capitals because they're still in the playoffs. And they are playing up against Tampa Bay. They were actually up 2-0 going into Washington. And they lost their first home game. So again, the road teams are still winning those games. So, do you think Washington will break through and actually win this second game at home? Um, and if so, do you see this game going to a game seven? Do you see the series um, ending sooner than that? Well, what are your thoughts on this on this series? Well, Dylan, before we get to discuss about the Tampa Bay Lightning series, we have to talk about our last series against the Pittsburgh Penguins since I missed last week because Washington. I mean, finally after. All, 20 years of waiting and trying to get the, at least a chopper to get the cup. So many years losing to Pittsburgh, you finally get them past the second round. So what impressed me with the Capitals in that series, Dylan, was the Capitals actually play like a team. And the previous series, we lost, we were down 2-0 against Columbus and came back to win that series. So I think the Capitals really learned a lot. I remember, Dylan, we had Tom Wilson. He was suspended for three games. Yeah. We didn't have Nicholas Baxter for game five and game six. And we started five rookies in that game six against Pittsburgh. So the Capitals did it. They dug deep, played as a team, and they got past the Penguins. So we'll have a new Stanley Cup champion this year. But anyway, now back to the series against Tampa Bay. The first two games, I was very shocked with the Capitals, the way they played, where they just took it to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Basically, in game one and two, they scored 10 goals and only gave up four against the Lightning. And Hopey played really well. 
we had a lot of power play goals, and that's what really helped us against the Lightning in those first two games on the road. And the Capitals, Dylan, they are 7-1 on the road in the playoffs this year. Franchise record. Are tying the record. So we win one more road game, we'll break the record. So the game last night against the Lightning, it was not surprising because what cost us was two costly penalties. Hopey with the tripping penalty, and then um, Eller with the, trying to hold up, basically doing a travel with the puck. I mean, come on. This ain't basketball. So, <laughs> so uh, we, that's how Tim Bay got those two goals. And Steven Samkos, without sick wrister from the left-hand uh, side, I mean, nothing Hopey could do about that. And then Kucherov, he's back. He's been out the last couple games. So, not out, but, you know, not getting goals. So, now it's 2-1. I think the Capitals, Dylan, it was just a wake-up call. They just didn't show up last night. And I expect the Capitals to improve in Game 4. I still think the Lightning will tie the series. And then it's going to be best of three. And so far, the best of three, it's favored the Capitals. So, luckily for us, we don't have home ice this time. It's Tampa Bay. So, I'm expecting Washington will win Game 5 in Tampa. And then we finish it off in six. If it goes seven games, chances are the Capitals could actually win game seven because it's on the road. So who knows? But I think, Dylan, the Capitals, if they just get one more game, put all the pressure, this is a team that's breaking down all the barriers so far this season. You got past Columbus. You beat the mighty Penguins. If you can get past Tampa Bay, the best team in the Atlantic Division, you're going to the Stanley Cup. And Ovechkin, Dylan, he has 10 goals. He knows, Dylan, this is his best chance now, I don't think he's going to win like three cups in a row. He just wants one. And if he gets one, I think Ovechkin will be happy with that. And Barry Trotz, your boy Dylan, he's got us playing like a team. First man, next man up. Everybody's bought into that team the way they played. Blocking the neutral zone. Hopey, which coming out from after two games being benched, he's carrying that team, Dylan. So I think it's going to happen, Dylan. I really do. And D.C., they just got to get behind the team. I know we're in panic mode right now, but it's too early to panic. We'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, like you said before, we will have a new Stanley Cup champion this year. This will be the first time since 2008 that one of these four teams has not won the Stanley Cup. Tampa Bay is the only team that's won it. Yes. Uh, Since 2008, though, it's been Boston Bruins, Pittsburgh Penguins. Chicago. Chicago. And the LA, yeah, LA Kings. So those four teams have been the only teams to win the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Stanley Cup final since 2008 so this will be the first year that someone has not done that in uh in that time so that's an incredible stat there um speaking of another series is going on the western conference final with the jets and the golden knights which game three will be tonight by the way game three will be tonight the jets are playing very very well against golden knights however they did even up the series so now they're going to los angeles with no, a one- las vegas las vegas i'm sorry los <laughs> angeles las vegas they have a 1-1 series tied up uh with the jets and Las Vegas has been very, very strong at home this season because of the the crowd, because of the noise they produce there. Do you see the Las Vegas Knights um, actually going on and moving forward after Winnipeg? Or do you see Winnipeg winning out in the series? Oh, man, Dylan, it's a tough call because Vegas Golden Knights are very fast, very quick team. you got Marc-Andre Fleury, Nate Schmidt, James Neal, your boy, they got him all out there. And then for Winnipeg, it's a very physical team. Uh, Shifley, you got Patrick Lyonet, and you have Dustin Bufflin. I mean, and Hellebuck, their goalie. Winnipeg's a very quick physical team that will knock you. You're not paying attention. So as your Preds have learned in that series. So it's a tough call, Dylan. But if I had to choose, 
I'm, I really do think, Dylan, the Vegas Golden Knights are a team of destiny, and they're going to find a way to get to the Stanley Cup. I mean, who would have thought a team, first year, brand new, players from all over the place, and you're going, you have a chance to go to the Stanley Cup final? I mean, that's crazy. The only team I can think of, Dylan, that went on a run like this was in 96. I think it was 95 or 96. I think it was 95. 96 season when the Florida Panthers, who weren't new, they were only in the league for two years, they made on this run, made it to the Stanley Cup final. Of course, they got swept by the Colorado Avalanche that season. But that's the last time I can remember a team just kind of coming out of nowhere that hadn't been in the league that long, and it's going on the pace to make the Stanley Cup. So it's looking that way, Dylan. I really think it's going to be the Vegas Golden Knights. Even though as a Caps fan, I would rather take my chances against Winnipeg as opposed to Vegas, just because Vegas got that guy named Marc-Andre Fleury who gives me nightmares every time I see him on the ice. He's killing it, I'm telling you. He, he is stopping every puck he sees. Um, I think that the Pittsburgh Penguins actually made a mistake by letting him go. I think that Matt Murray, seeing him in the postseason this year, you were just like, what? Like They let Marc-Andre Fleury go for this guy? I, I don't think Matt Murray was a good decision um, made by the Pittsburgh Penguins, but hey, it'll haunt... Mark Andre Fleury will haunt their dreams for the rest of their uh, the rest of their you know life. I, I guess you could say so. It's going to be awful for them. Um, last bit of news before we head on to uh, JT's favorite segment of the week: Yammer Yager actually returns for his thirtieth season and will play for Kladno, which is the team he owns in the Czech Republic for the 2018-2019 season. Do you see Yammer Yager staying in that league, or do you see him possibly moving back to the NHL? No, he's definitely done in the NHL. He's not coming back. Uh, but maybe in the Czech Republic, in the European League, I'll give him one more season to play. I mean, he's, he's been playing hockey for 30 years of his life, Dylan. That's a long time. I mean, you don't see. I mean, I know Ichiro tried it with baseball, but well, he's not retired. He's he's taking. He's a in a off. front office role. I know, but I think Yarmy Yager could do something like that. So we'll see. Maybe he might come back and play for the Czech Republic. I mean, I think that's more of a possibility. He can play for the Czech Republic in the. WIHF championships or the World Cup of Hockey, I think, will be back in a couple years. So we'll see. Speaking of the IIHF championship, real quick, just a quick shout out for the quarterfinals tomorrow. Russia against Canada, going to be a good one. USA taking on the Czechs. Maybe Yarmir Yager might be out in that one. <laughs> Sweden against Latvia. One of your Swedish boys is playing for Predators, playing on that team right now. Yes, they are. And Finland against Switzerland. There you go. Yes, yeah, Sweden, uh, Victor Arvidsson and Philip Forsberg are playing for them. For Switzerland, uh, we actually have Roman Yossi playing for them. So that's that's really cool to see some Predators representing there for their home countries. So let's move on to JT's favorite segment of the week. It is JT's football recap of the week. The microphone is all yours, sir. Thanks, Dylan. And for my weekend recap, we're going to recap as the European leagues are starting to finish up. And for the Premier League, Manchester City, of course, broke records by winning the Premier League. They had it finished with 100 points. They had the most wins, 32, and the most away wins, 16 away wins. And the most goals, which is like 106. So for Manchester City, they win their third Premier League title in the fifth in, in the fifth year, I believe. And very impressive for them. FC Barcelona was coming in with a 36 unbeaten game unbeaten streak. They hadn't lost all season, but unfortunately, Dylan, it went all crashing down on Sunday against Levante as Levante had a 5-1 lead. Barcelona tried to push back late, ended up losing that game 5-4. So their winning streak ends at 56 games and they lose, or 36 games because then they lose. And lead on Messi, Dylan, he didn't play in that game. 
because Barcelona has a friendly in South Africa today. So he's playing that game. It didn't make sense, but that's what they decided to do. Juventus, they won their seventh straight Serie A title, and PSG won Ligue 1 this season. For Orlando City, Orlando City, Dylan, we had a big game. We were coming in on a six-game winning streak, and we played Atlanta United this past weekend. And unfortunately, Dylan, we lost to Atlanta United as they beat us 2-1. to one. Atlanta United had two goals early, and then Orlando City got a goal late to try to make it interesting. But in the end, Dylan, we came up short. And Justin Miram got that goal, but he came up short. And Orlando City, Dylan, against Atlanta United so far, we haven't beaten them. We got two draws and two losses. Basically, every time we go to Atlanta, we get a draw. And every time they come to the Crystal Palace, or the Crystal Palace, the Purple Palace, excuse me, we end up not beating them. We didn't win against them last year, did we? No, we haven't beaten them. We played them four times so <laughs> far in MLS, and they haven't Great. beaten them. Now that Atlanta's got money. They got, they're trying to get Ramel Falcao in Orlando City. We let Kaká go. We brought in some MLS players like Sajid Kleisson and Justin Miram. And Orlando City's done well. We're in fourth place in the Eastern Conference, but you sit there and wonder, man, Orlando City, when are we going to pick it up? And this has been the problem, Dylan. We start off slow. We get high. Now we're going to play tough games. We got Toronto FC, the defending MLS Cup champions, this weekend. So hopefully Orlando City can keep the flow going because we need to get to the playoffs, Dylan. Definitely for sure. The ladies, Orlando Pride, they won their game against the Portland Thorns this past weekend, 2-1. to one. And for my soccer news segment for the U.S. Open Cup, the only thing I went to cover match, I'll talk about that during my final thought, but the most notable thing was Christos FC lost in their first round of their game, and they will not advance as they lost on penalties. Detroit City FC, they beat the Michigan Bucks, so they advance. And for my UEFA Europa League final Update, Atletico Madrid won 3-0 over Marseille with two goals from Antoine Griezmann. So, Atletico Madrid are now the Europa League champions. And Dylan, your boys, Nashville SC, they made news this weekend as they defeated Louisville City FC. They snapped their three-game losing streak. And Nashville SC has a big game tonight in the U.S. Open Cup against Inter-Nashville FC. Another Nashville rivalry there. For games to watch this weekend, Dylan, there's only one game you got to watch. It's the FA Cup Final. Manchester United taking on Chelsea. But, Dylan, that's on Saturday, May 19th. You want to take a guess what other people are going to be watching on that day? Hmm. The Royal Wedding. There you go. That's it. Harry and Meghan. Uh, you know, I'm not getting up at 4 in the morning. I don't know. I'm <laughs> not either. A- AB, are you getting up and at Bailey 4 in the will. morning? Oh, and Bailey will. And Bailey will watch it. Yeah, right, she will. All right. She'll actually watch the Lifetime movie as well, right before the Royal Wedding. She was trying to get me to watch it this weekend. I said, hell to the no. (laughs) (laughs) I was not going to watch that. But we'll see what happens on Saturday during the Royal Wedding. Well, the Prince is definitely busy because he got to get married. Then he has to go to the FA Cup final to present the trophy. And then he has to go back to the wedding for the after party. That guy's going to be busy. Busy. All right. And that will include my football recap of the week. Let's move on to miscellaneous news. So the Supreme Court strikes down sports betting law. Um, so now it's legal for any any person to bet on sports in any state, which is fantastic. So I'm sure JT will be betting a lot more in the coming months. Not uh, really. <laughs> uh, let's Orlando gets another pro sports team with the Orlando Seawolves of the Major Arena Soccer League. They'll be playing at Silver Spurs Arena, correct? Yep, right next door to the Osceola Park Stadium where the Fire, Florida Firefox play. The NWHL announces the Minnesota Whitecaps are the newest women's hockey team. And also, Steelers minority owner David Tepper expected to buy the Carolina Panthers for $2.2 billion in cash. 
Straight cash, homie. That's Cold, all I got to say. Cold, hard cash, homie. That's it. Make it rain. All right, so let's move on to winners and losers. JT, I will start with you. All right, Delone. So my winner this week is going to be Becky Hammond as she got an interview with the Milwaukee Bucks. Wish her the best of luck. I think Dylan is big because if she gets a job or not or down the road with another NBA team, it's big news for women's sports because you see it in the, men, in the women's sports where men are coaching women but not the other way around. So I think this will be a breaking barrier thing. So hopefully we'll see that happen at some point. My loser this week is going to be the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, which is a triple-A team for the Philadelphia Phillies. Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Yep, that's what they're called. Interesting. So they try to make a pitch for LeBron James because he's going to be a free agent. So <laughs> they try to make a recruit this weekend and say, hey, LeBron James, you want to be better than Michael Jordan? Then why would you go play for our baseball team and you'll have a better baseball career than Michael Jordan? Ouch. Taking shots at Michael Jordan there. So let's let's ask a question then. Of any other pro sport, which sport do you think LeBron James would succeed at the most? Football. Exactly. What position would you have LeBron James playing? Oh, he'd be a linebacker, man. He'd be trucking those guys. I would see him at tight end. Tight end? Okay. I think tight end would be a good He's position for LeBron enough. James. Hey, the Dallas Cowboys need a tight end. Maybe he can go play there. There you go. Up. Jason Witten should be getting on the phone for Dallas. Say, hey, come pick up LeBron James. But that's why winners great. and losers this week. Dylan, who you got? Sounds good. Winner is the Vegas Golden Knights for being so successful in the playoffs so far. Um, I, I think that it's incredible they went to the Western Conference Final. If they do go to the Stanley Cup Final, I'm going to be in the same boat as Scott Dressler and say, no one knows what right is right, what left is left, if up is down. It's going to be insane. I don't know the concept of reality if the Vegas Golden Knights go to the Stanley Cup final and win. Um, the NHL should change the rules of the expansion draft teams because I think that um, in this instance, there were some expansion draft teams, especially the National Predators, who were screwed in the past. And so now they have this expansion team that's been so successful that they are going to the Santa Cup final, possibly, um, if they can get past Winnipeg, which I don't know if they can do that or not, because Winnipeg is a very strong team. So they're my winner. My loser this week is LeBron James and the Cavaliers. LeBron just, it's getting to a point to where he cannot carry that team on his shoulders anymore. And I think that he's done it for so long now. He's done it for this almost this entire season. Um, and in this playoff run, we've seen that he is human after all. He cannot do everything for your team. And you can't expect to win every single game because LeBron James is on the court. So um, that's my loser this week. So let's go to final thoughts. I'll start with mine first, actually. So the welcome homies from Dizzy Vacation Club, the softball team. They actually won their first postseason game this week, uh, 16-6 to against Ooh. the Scruffy Nerf Herders. What? Yes. <laughs> Interesting name, huh? Um, and it got rained out last night. The second game did in the postseason, so we're actually playing our next game on the 29th of this month. So I'll give you more updates in two weeks when that happens. And JT, your final thoughts, sir? My final thoughts is just give, want to give a shout-out to Josh Hakula for giving me the chance to do a chance and interview and talk to players and coaches during my coverage for the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup first round match in Mount Verde, Florida between the Sima Aguilas and the Jacksonville Armada FC. It was a great experience, and I'll do some work for him tonight covering Inter-Nashville against Nashville SC on social media. But just want to give a shout-out. Thank you for helping me out and giving me some opportunity to get more experience, and I won't let you guys down. But that's my final thought. 
Very good. Well, thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Facebook at Out of Bounds with Dylan James, on Twitter with OOB Podcast, or you can also check out our website, outofboundspodcast.com, which we are actually working on right now. I actually have been working on a few things there. We're getting a bio page up. We're going to start writing some articles and things of that nature. So make sure to check out the website soon. You can email us at Dylan com or JT, what are your social media handles and your email? You can reach me on Twitter at JTSocka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can reach me on Instagram at JTSockaSports. And you can email me at JT at outofboundspodcast.com. Make sure to follow us on social media and also reach out to us if you have any suggestions, comments, concerns about this show, because we'd love to hear from you guys to make this show possible and make this show even better than it already is. So thanks for listening every single week and doing what you do. Um, this week's going to be very crazy in the sports world. We're probably going to find out who the finalists are going to be in the Stanley Cup final. We'll see if it's going to be Winnipeg, it's going to be Golden Knight, the Golden Knights, or we're going to see if it's either the Capitals or the Lightning going to the final. So thanks for listening to the show once a week again this week, guys. We will talk to you next week. Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderin from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. 
exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the oh, ball? I'll get you the ball. Get me the ball. WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody.